Welcome back to Preps Today with John Millay. John Millay, of course, the uh, star, also the guest of honor today because it is John's birthday week. Uh, and, you know, <laughs> I I think we're all accustomed, people who've been doing this for a long time, of making age jokes. We actually shouldn't joke about it. You're, you're, you turn 65, that's a great thing. You know, it's better than the alternative. It also means you've been thriving in this business for a long, long time. So congratulations, John. You're 65 years old. You created your own position at the MS, at MSHSL.org. You've done incredible things with it. Uh, we're so glad to have you on this podcast that you hear all the stories. So congratulations. I'm not going to make any age jokes. Thanks, Jim. I've been making plenty of age jokes just in my head. Um, yeah, I, I, you know, I'm fine with being 65. I think I think when I turned 30, I think that was the hardest one for me, and I don't know why. I've told that to my kids who are all in their 30s. Uh, they, they didn't have the same feeling. I, I, I thought 30 seems so old. Now that just sounds stupid that I'm 65, but I'm out here. I'm, I'm, I'm ready to gobble up every senior citizen discount I can find. Um, and I realized, and I posted this on Twitter, that uh, I've been doing journalism work for 50 years. I started when I was 15 years old, a sophomore in high school, basically cover writing football game stories. I was on the team, and it, my school is so small. That's how things worked, and, and I haven't stopped. You know, from 15 to 65, I've been in this journalism life. I wouldn't, I wouldn't change a thing. Um, and I'm not going away. I'm, I have retirement plans, but they're not immediate. I'm going to finish out this school year. And then my plan right now is to, is to go through the 2024-25 school year and then retire when I'm 66, almost 67. I, I'm just not ready to, to blow that whistle yet. I, I can't imagine not doing this work. And, but I think in a, in a year and a half or so, I'll, I'll be ready. You know, my wife and I have grandkids and she's been retired for a year or so. So yeah, it's good. 50, uh, 50 years in the business, 65 years on the planet. Those are good round numbers and, and we'll keep this thing going for a while. And I find it interesting too, for two people who work the start community together for a long time, yeah. have, uh, have both been in the business since we were teenagers that we both yeah. basically got our start in the business the same way. Yeah. Yeah. I know. You know, I, I was in my English class the start of my sophomore year and, and my teacher, Mrs. White, who I loved, um, came to me after class and said, Hey, the lady who runs the, the, my little hometown's weekly newspaper, she's looking for a student to write stories about the football games. And, and my English teacher was very encouraging. She told me, you can do this. You, you can write and you're on the team. What better deal? And started doing that and, and basically became the sports writer for my school and my hometown paper. My last three years of high school, never got paid for it. You know, I realized that right off the bat. I wasn't going to get paid for this, but I enjoyed doing it. And, you know, I was a lineman. My name was not in any of these football stories, <laughs> except right at the top by John Millay. Well, that was kind of a kick. I, I always enjoyed that. But, yeah, I just uh, I can't imagine doing anything else. You know, when I was getting close to going off to college, I, I was thinking of two things. Journalism was at the top of my list. And the other one was education, being a teacher and a coach. And, and I, that would have been a wonderful life, too. But I, I can't imagine not doing this and, and just all the adventures we get to have. And it's not your typical nine to five job. You and I know that really well. Um, it's, it's, got, it's got ups and downs and bumps and bruises. But boy, it's just been so much fun for me. And, and you know, and I, 
I covered everything from pro sports on down and, and, uh, but this is, this is my wheelhouse. I realized that long ago and wouldn't change a thing. So 65 years old, been doing this for 50 years. That's, those are good round numbers that I like. Yeah. Congratulations. And of course I got my start, uh, being a published journalist, if I could be so bold as to call myself that, um, <laughs> my high school paper, they weren't, you know, I, I ran track and cross country. They didn't write about track and cross country. I went to them and said, Hey, could you, cover the track and cross country teams. They said, why don't you do it? I said, okay. And that was there pretty much it. Pretty That's simple. A, I've, been doing, yeah. I've been doing the same thing for <laughs> right. good Lord. 50. Yeah. 45 yeah. years, I guess for me, yep. uh, something you're, like that. You're getting there. Youngster. Young I'm, Jedi. I'm, you're getting there. <laughs> I'm trying to catch you. I don't know that I'm ever going to be able to, but I'm trying to catch you. John. <laughs> keep, keep those legs moving. <laughs> oh man. All right. We'll get to, we'll get to the point here. Uh, we're going to talk, we're going to recap the prep bowl. Just to let, remind you, this is preps today with John Malay. He's John Malay from the MSHSL, MSHSL.org. You can read John's journal there. You can read his spoken word artistry here. Uh, we appreciate our sponsors, uh, Jody Stay of Pizza Barn in Princeton has been with us for a long time, and we appreciate it. It's a great uh, restaurant. It's a great community asset. She's a great person. You can hire the food trucks to come out and and, uh, and work with you at your events. Uh, we'll let John tell you more about that later. Thanks also to All Energy Solar and to Propane.com. We are coming to you from the Aquarius Home Services Studio. If you like this show or any of our other sports outdoor or variety shows at talkrock.com. Please subscribe to your favorite podcast app. It's free. It's the easiest way to listen. And now let's get on to the prep bowl. Yeah, Jim, we had just a fantastic weekend of uh, football state championship games at U.S. Bank Stadium Friday and Saturday. Uh, The two best finishes were in the two biggest classes, absolutely down to the wire in, in 5A. Chen Hassan won its first state title. They beat St. Thomas Academy in overtime, 34 to 31. That was exciting. And then 6A, Edina was playing Centennial. The Hornets scored late in the game. If they kick a field, if they kick the extra point, it goes to overtime. Those Edina Hornets, man, this is gutsy. They went for two, came up just short. So congrats to Centennial. They're the 6A champs, 28-27. In the other classes, uh, Hutch, Hutchinson beat Ricori 14-6 in a great 4A game. In 3A, it was Stewartville over Annandale 43-13. 2A, Eden Valley Watkins over Barnesville 24-6. 1A, Minnesota beat Springfield 43-22. And in uh, the nine-player game, which I'm going to talk about in a little bit here, uh, Nevis beat Kingsland 14-12. In that Hutchinson game, this is pretty good. We all know about the Rossbergs, the, the coaches from Hutchinson. Grady Rossberg was the head coach for a long time. His team won uh, three state titles in the uh, 80s and, and 90s. And then when he stepped down, his son Andy took over. Andy has now won four with this one this mm. year. 2012, 2013, 2021, 2023. And when Grady was the coach, Andy was a player on his dad's first two state title teams and was an assistant on the third. So those guys have been together for all seven state championships for Hutchinson. It's a great story, a continuing story. Congrats to Grady and Andy Rosberg, everybody at Hutch. I want to talk about the the controversy of the prep ball. This was in the nine-man game. This was an officiating thing, a replay thing um, between Nevis and Kingsland. Nevis was leading 14-12. to 12. That was the final score. Kingsland was driving. They were on the one-yard line. It's fourth and goal. They need the touchdown to, to take the lead with a couple of minutes left, I think. The Kingsland quarterback, you know, got the snap, dove into the line of scrimmage, and uh, he was stopped 
at or near the goal line. I was standing on the goal line. I didn't see a touchdown. You know, it's one of those deals. We've seen it a million times with all the bodies. I can't see the ball. I can't see where the quarterback is. Is he on the ground? And I, but I was watching the line judge and the side judge. And I know these two officials. They're friends of mine. These are Well, they're in the prep bowl. They're, this is one of the best crews in the state. They're both on the line on opposite, opposite ends of the field, opposite sides of the field. As the, as the play is blown dead, these two run to the middle. I kept waiting to see a pair of arms go up. I didn't see it. They met in the middle. They talked for a couple of seconds and agreed they did not see a touchdown. But we do have video replay in the games at U.S. Bank Stadium. But a lot of people clearly don't realize it's not the same system as in the NFL or college. The officials on the field, they don't look at the replay. We have a replay official upstairs who's looking at the replays, and we've got a, a, a kind of a replay assistant on the sidelines, an official with a headset. He's talking to the replay official. And basically at this point, the replay official has to see clear evidence to overturn the call and make it a touchdown. Um, another thing here is we, there's, for our games, there's not a camera on the goal line, so there's no clear replay from that standpoint. Um, they, have a, they have a guy on the field with a shoulder-mounted camera, and he's moving around. Channel 45, which does such a great job covering these games, they had good replays, but not from the goal line. You know, it's, it's maybe from halfway into the, into the end zone. Cause if the guy with the camera on his shoulder is standing on the goal line, there's going to be an official blocking the view. So, uh, this isn't the NFL, this isn't college football. And clearly the, the video official up in the booth didn't find conclusive evidence. The, the decision comes down, the referee announces the play stands. Nevis takes over the ball at the one run a couple plays, take a knee. They win the state championship. And of course, I was down, I, like I said, I was down on the field and the fans from Kingsland were not happy. They were booing as the officials left the field. Had the call gone the other way, the fans from Nevis would have been booing the officials. And, uh, you know, there was a replay shown on the big screen. Nobody was trying to hide what happened. And uh, <laughs> it's interesting. I'm down on the field. I can hear fans from both teams, from the losing team. That's a touchdown from the winning team. Hey, we stopped them. That's not a touchdown. So it's kind of where your bread is buttered. And of course, the, you know, the social media follow-up is just ridiculous on this. You know, um, people were posting, when is the high school going to make a statement about that officiating decision? We're not doing that. They're, what statement? The officials didn't see a touchdown. The replay official couldn't see clear evidence that it was a touchdown. It's not a touchdown. The kid may have scored. We don't, you know, I, I didn't see it. The replay didn't show it. Um, but it's just the, the people get bent out of shape, you know. Um, I had Twitter messages and, and a couple of DMs to me, like I'm a football official, just obscenity filled. Um, and, you know, people don't understand how this works. Um, I, you know, it's just, it's, it's, the, the reaction was pretty silly. It's died down now. It always does. Uh, it kind of depends on your viewpoint, which team you're cheering for. Uh, and people watching at home see the replay. They think they they think they've got it figured out. Um, I just I don't have time for obscene language in cases like this. But that this these things happen in any in any sporting event. These things can happen. That's okay. You know it's it's you know I feel bad for the kids from Kingsland. Maybe they should have been state champs. But you know that's this is and you like it when coaches say, "Hey, life isn't fair either." These are good lessons, and we heard that a little bit down there. So, um, and attendance wise, I'll tell you what, Jim, this was, this prep bowl 
was huge. The attendance from 2022 to 2023, we were up 25% total prep bowl attendance. This was the second highest prep bowl attendance since the first year at U.S. Bank Stadium. So that's phenomenal. I think a lot of that was the Edina Centennial game. There was such a crowd there. It was so much fun. And, uh, and, and just overall attendance for most of the fall state tournaments were up. So thanks to everybody who came in person to support their kids and their teams. It, it was great, a great way to end the fall. And uh, now we're on, we're getting on to winter here. Uh, fantastic stuff. I'm glad that all went so well. All right. We're going to thank a ref. We're going to talk about friends gone too soon. We're going to uh, introduce you to Mr. Mr. Diet Coke. Uh, that's, <laughs> that's come up here shortly. But first, tell us about Jody Stay and her operation, Pizza Barn and Princeton. Yeah, they are very busy, especially with the holidays now, Jim. You know, they're doing great things up there. And if you are tired of Turkey Day leftovers, the Pizza Barn in downtown Princeton, they will take care of you. They're offering Chef Shorty's homemade chicken wild rice soup. You can take that home in a 32-ounce container if you'd like. comes with a loaf of the, the great house French bread from the pizza barn. Uh, that sounds like something I would like. I'm a big chicken wild rice soup guy. You, you dunk some bread into that. I'm, I'm a happy guy. Uh, if you really hustle, if you really hustle, you can still get your hands on the November pizza of the month at the pizza barn, the famous pickle roll up piece pizza, also known as Minnesota sushi. We've talked about it on the podcast all month, but December is almost here. So uh, get in there, pick up a pickle roll up pizza. And remember that everything on that, on that great big menu is available for dine in, take out, take and bake, and they will deliver. And as you said, great thanks to our friend Jody Stay and her crew at the Pizza Barn. They've been in business for 40 years and, and they sponsor our podcast and we think the world of them. No doubt. Thank you, Jody. Uh, we also want to thank All Energy Solar. All Energy Solar panel installations are done right and made easy thanks to more than 14 years of experience in Minnesota and beyond. All Energy Solar is ready to take any solar project, home, business, or both, from design to installation and everything in between. Find out more about going solar at allenergysolar.com slash coach. Also want to let you know we're coming to you from the Aquarius Home Services Studio. Also, we need to lower our carbon footprint. We need reliable and affordable energy. A clean energy solution for tomorrow is available today that's ready to work alongside other energy sources. It's propane. Propane produces 43% fewer emissions than the equivalent amount of electricity generated from the U.S. grid. It's energy stored on site and independent from the vulnerabilities of that grid. Major advances are being made today for renewable propane, which is compatible with traditional propane. Minnesota needs to use all of our low carbon alternatives, including propane, to safely provide energy reliability, resiliency, and affordability. Propane, the right energy right now. Find out about more what propane can do for you at propane.com. And now on to thank a ref. Yeah, we're going to thank some officials here, Jim. Uh, let's start by thanking all the officials who, who worked fall sports right up through the state tournaments. Uh, I wrote a, a John's Journal story about my friend Paul McDonald. He ended a 35-year football officiating career. He worked one of the prep bowl games. He's going to work basketball games this winter, and that'll be his final season in that sport. 35 years, that's pretty good. Paul is, if you recognize the name, he is one of the McDonald's from Chisholm, son of a coaching legend Bob McDonald. We all know the story. All six of Bob's kids became basketball coaches. Uh, Paul was the men's basketball coach at Vermilion Community College in Ely for 29 years. 
he stepped down there in 2019. He also was, he was on the faculty there, was an assistant football coach, was the athletic director and he's staying busy. He's uh, he's a commissioner on the St. Louis County board. So whenever I talk to Paul McDonald, I say, I say, hello, commissioner. How are you? Congrats to him on a great officiating career. He's got a basketball season to go here. And I want to thank my friend uh, MJ Wagonson from Pine Island. One of the best multi-sport officials we have. MJ made history. She became the first, First female official at a prep ball game last weekend. Uh, she she worked a semifinal game, I think, year, last year or the year before. I didn't even know she was on the crew until I, I was down on the field towards the end of one of the games. And I, hey, that's MJ. Uh, and and that, I knew that was history in the making to have a, a female official at a prep ball game. She's one of the best. So congrats to those two and all our officials who do so much uh, to make all these games possible. Yes, thank you. And of course, uh, one of the great things about this show, one of the many great things about the show is John insists on thanking refs and talking about how we should treat refs every week. Uh, let's go to Friends Gone Too Soon. Yeah, we've had some sad news in these parts recently. Uh, one was the the death of Gary Hint. I don't know if a lot of people know Gary outside of Wabasso and Southwest Minnesota. He was the wrestling coach at Wabasso High School for 49 years, an absolute Hall of Famer in many ways. I wrote about Gary several times and just always thrilled to see him. And we connected at the state wrestling tournament every year towards the end of his career. Uh, he was 78 when he passed away. He had been dealing with cancer. So we send our condolences to Gary's family and friends, everybody in Wabasso and around there who knew him. He was a, he was a wonderful guy. And people may have seen a, a news story about Dr. Kathy Ann Donovan of Anamia. She was walking her dogs when she was run over and killed and the driver oh. took off. They're still oh. trying to solve this mystery. Um, I hope they find the driver. I know law enforcement is working on that. When I saw the story, her name seemed familiar. And I can't say I knew her well, but in 2017, I was up in Onamia. I wrote a story about her son, Sean, uh, who's an incredible person. Sean was born in China with, with no left arm. Uh, kind of left by the side of the road. One of these stories, you know, this poor baby, this child. Kathy adopted him at a very young age. And I was in Onami to watch Sean play baseball. I posted some video from, from that year, six years ago, of this, this young man. He was the catcher. He only had one arm. You know, he only had a right arm. He'd catch the ball, flip the glove in the air, grab the ball, throw it back, pick up the glove, and let's go. He also played football and basketball. And I just, I have this wonderful memory of sitting in my lawn chair with Kathy and her parents watching a baseball game in Onamia talking about Sean and this is just a terribly terribly tragic story so um, just the best wishes to everybody up there in Onamia Kathy's family um, I hope I hope law enforcement can track down whoever uh, whoever is responsible for this it's a terrible story but uh, so just just gone too soon we wish everybody the best oh that's brutal it's absolutely yeah. brutal yeah. All right. Um, no good way to transition from, no. <laughs> from such, such sad news, but let's just wrap up today's show. First of all, thank you all for listening. We do appreciate it. And thanks to John for all the work he do, does and has done for a long time now. Yes. Oh, um, all tell right. me about it. Let's get to and <laughs> And the way we do the show is John sends me the titles of things he wants to talk about. I bring them up, but I don't always know exactly where this is going. I don't know where this one's going. Mr. Oh. Diet Coke. Yeah, this Mr. Diet Coke. That's our friend Patrick Roycey esteemed columnist from the Star Tribune. True. Uh, Pat was at the prep bowl games on Friday, the day after his always outstanding 
Turkey of the Year column. And we all, everybody who knows Pat, we know Pat loves the Diet Coke and he swears by it. I once did so. I was a big Diet Coke drinker. Uh, at some point, I made the switch to Diet Mountain Dew. I don't remember the details. I think it was kind of a gradual thing. So while we're sitting there at the prep bowl games, I was joking with Pat. I said, hey, I could get you a Diet Mountain Dew. You should try it. And I was in no way serious. And at the second or third time I said that, I held up a bottle of Diet Mountain Dew. He said, yeah, I'll try it. So U.S. Bank Stadium, this is a Pepsi place. You can't get a Diet Coke, but you can get a Diet Pepsi. You can get a Diet Mountain Dew. And having spent so much time there, I know where the vending machines are down on the field level for employees. So I headed down there, brought Pat a nice chilled plastic bottle of Diet Mountain Dew. And then I got busy with something right after that. So I can't confirm that he actually tasted Diet Mountain Dew. He might, I don't think he was just being friendly. I think he was curious. Uh, he hasn't made any public statements. I don't know where he stands. We may never know, but you got to give Pat Royce credit for curiosity. He, he actually said, I will try Diet Mountain Dew. So the world is waiting. We'll see where, where, uh, where the verdict comes out here.